Toxic exposure in your home could be making you sick. Here are some simple swaps that you can make today for a healthier home. Let's get into this. All right, everyone, welcome to Heal Thyself. We have another wonderful show for you. A lot of people say, hey, Dr. G, easiest way to swap things out of my home. What are the most important things? I've been getting DMs about this on and off, and I sort of alluded to it in different shows. I talked about the bedroom in one and talked about the kitchen in another, but not fully. So what I'm doing today is bringing you through a journey in your home. What should you be looking at? The biggest bang for buck that is going to make a difference to the air in your home, to the quality of your home toxic load. Remember, toxic load is an important thing to think about, and it's a big piece of health. I talk a lot about emotional healing, and that's going to give you the resiliency to the toxic load. But either way, you want to reduce that toxic load. So in your home, we're going to go throughout all of the rooms. I'm going to tell you the best ways to make the best swaps, best bang for buck for your health. And we have a special guest. Elise Michaels is a men's empowerment coach. Now, if you have a man in your life that you love, I don't care if it's your brother, if it's your dad, if it's your boyfriend, if it's your husband, they have to listen to it. And if you're a man, you need to listen to it. If you have a man in your life that you love, listen to it for them, give it to them. This is going to be so important because what she does is break down the very things that we as men are suffering with when we're not expressing in society. What are the most important parts of, that we and men need to be expressing? What do we help back from expressing? And what does a healthy man in his balanced masculine and feminine energy look like? It's not the same for everyone, but there's certain things we need to look out for. And it's really important because we as men need to be showing up in our relationships, in our partnerships. If you ain't seen her Instagram and her awesome bite-sized information for empowering men to be their best selves, then you're missing out. I can't wait for this conversation. You are going to love it. I promise you. Stay tuned. When you think about the exposures in the home, it can get overwhelming. We think about how things can go into our skin. I talked about this so many times on so many shows, the things we're ingesting, the air we're breathing. And if you notice, I took a little break from talking about this stuff because I sent a big tidal wave to the world when it comes to environmental toxins. And I wanted to take a step back because I wanted the information to become more empowering than fear-based because it's really easy to get overwhelmed being like, wow, now I have to do this in my bathroom or this air purifier, or wow, I have to really budget for this. We can set ourselves in a spiral and understanding emotional health, that fear that we carry in, in itself could be making us sick. So we wanna make sure we're most resilient in the healthiest of ways, and we're doing right by our home. And what that means is, yeah, things do go into the air at the in home. Yeah, we are exposed from our skin and ingesting and, and breathing in, as I mentioned. And if you have kids, they're even more susceptible. But we're not going to take a fear-based stance. I'm going to tell you all the things in your home, but I want this caveat to be remembered. You don't have to do it all today. You could do it over years. But just make sure you're bringing more awareness to how you can just do right by your home. Okay? So general stuff. Let's talk about it this way. You should be taking your shoes off when you're home right? Your auntie was right. Your grandma was right. I don't care where they were living, but in America, we love walking into homes with our shoes on and it's wild. 
And <laughs> I have this one friend. Every time I have friends over, she's so used to walking around with her shoes on. She barges in. She goes straight through the whole house saying hi to everyone. And I'm just sitting there cringing when she's stepping on my rug with her outside shoes. And there's a reason for that. They've done studies and they show that shoes are picking up a lot of particulate matter, nasty stuff, bringing it into the home, bacteria, feces. Yes, bringing it into your home. If you're laying down on your beautiful couch, if you're sitting on your floor, put those shoes outside, put them on a rack, do something about it. Don't wear your shoes in the home. Easy stuff, easy intervention. That's free. That ain't going to cost a lot, right? You want to make sure you're vacuuming. You want to clean the floors uh, regularly. If you have a cleaning lady or you're doing it yourself, whatever. Why? Because a lot of these home particulates, the toxins, they build up in the dust. And I'm going to go into mycotoxins in a minute. But they build up in the dust. And it's not just mycotoxins. It's different chemicals that build up in the dust and we breathe them in. Right? So if you have a dog, if you have a kid and they're suffering with respiratory issues, you want to think about making sure that you're reducing the amount of dust in your home weekly. Opening your windows is going to make a big difference. You might go, hey, no, I live in Los Angeles. Los Angeles has terrible air. You might go... The air out there is worse than the air in my home. Not necessarily. Oftentimes, the home air is 10 to 100 times more polluted than the outside air, especially especially if you're using cleaning products. I just mentioned mold. And the reason I'm talking about this from the generality is because it could be in any room. But mold, as I've done many shows on this, if you're new to this show, go back and just type in Heal Thyself and mold on Google. You'll probably see three, four, five, six shows different guests, pediatricians, all the way to mold experts to mold remediators have been on my show. And, and particularly because I still believe that mold is one of the most indolent things that we're not looking at when it comes to disease. If you're suffering with a disease and you don't know what it is, I would say the two biggest things are mold and emotional oppression, period. And if you've moved away or you left home and you start feeling better and then you come back home and you feel worse, that's a big, big thing to look at when it comes to how mold is affecting your air. Now, how do you reduce it? Well, on the surface, you want to get a nice, clean air ultra HEPA filter to reduce that. Um, if there's mold or moisture, and, and some of you might not know, mold doesn't always have a smell, but sometimes it does. And think about that when you walk into a closet in the middle of the summer and it's just moist and, and mildewy and heavy, kind of smells like a library, that's mold. Okay. So you might want to put a dehumidifier. A lot of people have found value in dehumidifying and drying up the air because mold is growing with that moisture. What are some issues that you might be suffering with? Top issues if there's mold in your home. If you're suffering with mold, you need to look at this. Cognitive issues. Your memory may be affected short-term and long-term. Respiratory, some of the most popular ones. You might find yourself having asthma, sinus infections, other respiratory infections. Chronic fatigue, weakness. You're waking up unrested. Your sleep is disrupted. Here's one big one you might not think about. You're always thirsty, especially at night, and you're urinating more, especially at night. Nerve issues. You might find this pinching, tingling sensation going and running up and down the nerves. Mood changes. Yeah, believe it or not, mold inflames the brain and can cause mood changes. You know, skincare isn't just about looking good, right? A lot of us want to look good, but it's not just about looking good. It's about nurturing your skin and being well-balanced from the inside out. And, you know, this world is flooded with a bunch of harsh chemicals that are really insulting our skin, our barrier. And you want something truly effective that is safe. Alitura is one of the best in the game. If you never heard of Alitura, you just think of, you might've seen some uh, black bottles with gold writing on it. It's one of the best. And they're always at health events and people are loving them. And their quality, 
Alitar Naturals has crafted a serum that is not only safe, but also incredibly effective. Listen, a lot of you ask me where I get my glow from. This is a huge part of the equation. Their gold serum isn't just another skincare product. It's a testament to the power of natural healing and a commitment to holistic health. It uses organic ingredients like jojoba, olive, rosehip oils, and the gold serum is made organically with plant-derived vitamin A, not synthetic stuff, not that nasty stuff that you're getting in a lot of these over-the-counter products. GHKCU and marine collagen to revitalize your skin. Alitura Naturals has been using the best ingredients in their products for years. They've been pioneering the path for what truly transformed skin should be. So if you're ready to take control of your skin health and experience the pinnacle of natural beauty, I highly recommend checking out Aleturia Naturals. For a limited time, you, the Heal Thyself listener, will enjoy the exclusive discount, just the Heal Thyself discount, only for you. That's 20% off of this gold serum. Go to alitura.com and use the code DRG for 20% off. That's A-L-I-T-U-R-A.com and get that 20% discount. It's amazing stuff. I use it every night before bed and I'm telling you, I'm on fire with my skin in a good way. Check it out. All right, let's face it. With all the toxins we're exposed to nowadays with processed foods, pollutants, and even stress, our poor livers have been working overtime. If you've been feeling sluggish, bloated, or just overall rundown, it may be time to give your hardworking liver some extra love and support. That is where Organifi's Liver Detox comes in. This convenient little capsule contains a powerhouse blend of clinically studied superfoods. This convenient little capsule contains a powerhouse blend of clinically studied superfood ingredients specifically designed to remove excess toxins and improve digestion, promote healthier energy levels, and just overall liver health. Now, one of the key ingredients is artichoke leaf extract, which has been clinically proven to help detoxify the liver and digestive tract. Then you got the all-star liver protector. You heard of it, milk thistle, an herb that has been used for centuries to give your liver a big old hug. That's not all. Organifi's liver detox also contains dandelion root, one of my favorite ones of all time, which is loaded with vitamins and minerals to promote healthy liver function and digestion. And finally, Trafalia, an ancient Ayurvedic formula packed with antioxidants that has been traditionally used as a powerful liver tonic, one of my favorite ones too. So whether you're dealing with sluggish digestion, low energy, or just want to give your body's main detox engine a little extra love, Organifi's Liver Detox has your back. Just take one to three capsules at any point during the day to start supporting your liver's natural detox pathways. All of us need to be supporting our liver if you want to experience the energy-boosting, liver-supporting effects of this fantastic formula, head to OrganifiShop.com and use the code DRG for 20% off. That is O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I shop.com slash DRG. You want to make sure you're looking at some of the top places for water damage in your home, around the bathtub, around the kitchen sink. 25% of us cannot metabolize mold toxins as efficiently as others due to a genetic mutation. And this is an issue. If there's four roommates, one of you may be suffering and the three others might not. So understand that mold doesn't affect everyone all the same ways. Other people may be more resilient. But if you suspect mold, look for places of water damage around your bathtub, around the windows, under the kitchen sink, and make sure you understand that after water damage, it only takes a few hours before mold starts growing. If you suspect it, get a mold inspector, have them thoroughly check out the air and swab the place, making sure you're taking a mycotoxin test with a naturopathic or functional doctor. And I mentioned the HEPA air filter and dehumidifier. So if it's like my home, you walk in and then you're right in the kitchen. And there's so many things we can do in the kitchen really small things over time. If you have plastic in your home, plastic Tupperware, you need to be changing that to glass or stainless steel. This makes a big difference because think about how many times we take that plastic Tupperware and we take that spaghetti you just cooked that is still hot or at least warm and throw it right on there or that soup that's really warm and you throw it on there. 
You want to make sure glass and stainless steel is in your home for storage. It's worth the investment for the long term, and it makes a big difference. When it comes to plastic, BPA-free is not any more safe. I want you to know something. The analogs to BPA, BPS, BPF, and the majority of the in vitro studies that we're seeing connected to them and in vivo in humans are showing that these analogs are negatively affecting our hormones just as much as BPA, but not only affecting hormones, but also disrupting reproductive health. And many studies were starting to see declining sperm count due to BPA and BPA-free analogs, increased risk of testicular cancer. We also see elevated urinary markers, which shows an increased amount of oxidative stress in the body, which could be damaging DNA. Also disrupted enzymatic expression and lower organ weight. What else do we see when it comes to the chemicals in BPA-free? These chemicals are a particular concern for fetal testes, especially during masculinization. What we can see is undescended testicles or a condition called hypospadia with the opening of the penis is on the other side instead of the tip. So the big take home is, is BPA-free any safer? The answer is no. We are concerned with this chemical, yes. Are all plastics gonna kill you? No. There's numbers. You ever see a plastic bottle and look at the bottom and you might see a number or a plastic Tupperware and see a number? Each plastic product will have a number associated. Some are more quote unquote safety than others. Now I say that, this is the caveat, glass and stainless steel is always going to be better. Okay, so when you see the numbers two, four, and five, on your plastic, that's considered safe or safer with no phthalates. One has no phthalates, which and phthalates are going to be the chemical that is deeply and intimately tied to hormonal disruption, amongst other things, immune disruption, uh, nervous system disruption, brain disruption. But the one demarcation has no phthalates, but arsenic is also used. Now, three, six, and seven on your plastic are less safe. They're less safe sources of plastic and can expose you to chemicals like phthalates, vinyl chloride, and styrene. With that said, if you have any plastic, don't be putting acidic liquids in there like vinegar or orange juice, nor basic liquids like milk. And also, if you have very hot liquids like soup, don't put it in plastic. Get yourself some glass or stainless steel Tupperware. When it comes to cookware, what do you want to look for? Well, I'll say if you really are looking to buy new cookware, go listen to the cookware show. I went over the top brands. I went over how to buy cookware. But I'll say this very quickly. Stainless steel uh, would be a good option, but you want to get a high quality one. You have cast iron, that's good, and 100% ceramic. You wanna make sure that it's PFOA, PTFE free. Those are some of the things that you see in Teflon. No glues, no polymer coatings. They test for heavy metals. You wanna make sure about that. And they publish a third-party testing. There's some controversy if when you cook, uh, it can be connected to respiratory issues, particularly asthma, especially if you have children because of the combustible byproducts that you're breathing in. I can attest to it kind of when I put in my air filter and I'm cooking, it always is activated and it turns red and it starts working really hard. Something very easy, start utilizing the range, the hood, put on the air, very easy. Uh, you might wanna open windows if you don't have one. These combustion materials potentially can be unsafe. I wouldn't say go crazy over it just yet. You wanna get a good water filter, please. Uh, tap water is, is the worst. It is something that we shouldn't be drinking. There's so much crap in there. Listen to Water Show 1 and Water Show 2 that I did a few years ago. I go into every single thing. You don't have to get an under-the-counter or a full house reverse osmosis. You can just get a over-the-counter one. I like the AquaTrue. Now, when it comes to appliances, you might love coffee. Switch the coffee capsule to stainless steel ones, the reusable ones. Instead of 
just a baking powder. We know aluminum, the heavy metal, can affect cognitive uh, processes, uh, memory, uh, just overall, just not good for the brain. Glass instead of aluminum bakeware for the same reason. If you have the plastic cling wrap, go for the silicone ones that cling and our containers too, they're wonderful. And they're inert, meaning that when they're exposed to hot or different um, pH levels, they're not releasing anything. For non-toxic cleaners, and I talked about cleaners, it could have been in the bathroom, but my cleaners are under the sink in the kitchen. You can get an all-purpose cleaner like Dr. Bronner's. These Castile soaps are wonderful. It can be used for the glass, for the floor. Vinegar or cleaning vinegar, which is, uh, I believe, a little more concentrated, can be all-purpose too. It can be used uh, pretty much for everything. Just make sure if you have, I think it's marble countertops, if you can use the vinegar. Uh, double check. You don't want to ruin those countertops, those beautiful new countertops you just moved into. Uh, baking soda can be used in the tub, in the toilet. Borax is wonderful in the bathroom. Now you might want to avoid Clorox. Actually, you really should, especially if you have children. Clorox is known as an asthmagen. So it doesn't necessarily make asthma worse. It can be the cause of why asthma begins. So Clorox is pretty nasty and you don't necessarily need it, especially with all of these sometimes even seemingly cheaper alternatives. So, you know, you know, walk down the hallway and you get to your beautiful bedroom, the place you spend so much time, right? You got, you got, you put on your pajamas, you lay in bed and then you go, Hmm, I want to do right by my room. I want the air quality to be, to be better here. I want to be living in a room that I know over time is going to just be ugh, the best. So what do we need to think about? Air quality, get an air purifier. It doesn't have to be huge. Just have it cover the square footage of your room. But you want to keep an air purifier on throughout the night, especially if you haven't invested yet in a really clean bed. Because a lot of these beds, particularly something like the Tempur-Pedic, right? Um, all of these memory foam beds, they have these off-gassing chemicals that really affect our respiratory system. Okay, flame retardants in particular. They're one of the big ones. And I'm gonna go into beds for a second. So you wanna get an air purifier and have the air in your room be clean throughout the night. Especially if you're waking up with your sinuses stuffed up, breathing issues, if you're waking up with dark spots under your eyes, especially if you're waking up exhausted. And the air purifier will also be helpful if there is mold in your room and you haven't remediated or even known about it yet. If you have candles in your room, I just put them in there because some people like to have a very nice, beautiful, intimate setting in their room. Beautiful. The scented candles, just switch them into maybe a diffuser, essential oil diffuser. Use a glass one. I would have you check if you're interested in using an essential oil to diffuse, make sure it's safe to diffuse. Some essential oils are so concentrated and not good to be breathing in. We got to be conservative about things, especially if you have a sensitive child. Now, when it comes to the bed, if you have a Tempur-Pedic and you just bought one, okay but put it in your plan in the future to switch to a cleaner bed. You know, Birch has been a sponsor for so long and it's because I love them. But there's so many good quality beds out there. I'm very partial to Birch. I think they're the best ones out there. You want to look for a bed that is GOT certified or GOAL certified, G-O-L-S. G-O-T-S, GOTS, G-O-L-S, GOALS. These are the cotton and latex materials and it ensures that they're quality. They're not treated with chemicals. And the end product that you're sleeping on is inert. You're not being exposed to chemicals. Green Guard Gold Certified, which we see on our sponsor Birch, is a wonderful, wonderful, probably the top 
certification that you need to look for because this makes sure all of those volatile organic compounds, VOCs, that are in the bed, are, you're not being exposed to a test for all of them. It's making sure that it's a really good quality bed. If you have a rug in your room, switch from the conventional ones, make it a plan over time, and get yourself a sisal, a jute, seagrass, organic cotton, or wool rug. Those, again, aren't going to have any of the glues or chemicals that you're going to be breathing in for the life of the rug. As you move into your bathroom, especially if it's connected to your room, you want to make sure you're testing for mold. Bathrooms are one of the top places you're going to find mold overgrowth, especially, as I said before, around the tubs, especially if you do not have proper ventilation. So if you keep your windows closed and you like to put your uh, temperature all the way on the hottest or just a little bit below the hottest and you like taking your nighttime shower and steaming that up and you got your music on and you're just feeling like this is your routine, you might want to pay attention to that, especially if your walls are wet. A lot of people got wet walls out there. That is going to be very much so conducive to the growth of mold, okay? Especially if it's there, especially if there's water damage. Not every bathroom has mold. Don't go crazy now but you need proper ventilation. So if you love taking that hot shower, go open up a window, keep the door open, or make sure the fan is working. When it comes to the bathroom, there's a lot of things like shampoo, personal care products. The next show that I'm doing is going, is, I, I don't wanna fit in here because I'm gonna have you sit in here for the next hour. The next show that I'm doing is going to be dedicated on personal care products. We're going everything from makeup, to lipstick, to deodorant, to hand wash, to body wash, to all the things. We're gonna dedicate it, okay? So we're not gonna talk about it in the bathroom here, okay? But that's the real big thing I want you to look for we don't think about is the airflow in the bathroom. You wanna make sure you have really good airflow. Now, generals, if you're gonna paint your house or you're moving into a new place, ask, request, or make sure you get non-VOC paint. You wanna make sure a low VOC paint, those volatile organic compounds that are in the paint. You know when you go into a freshly painted place and it smells chemically, maybe you might even get a headache that you're very sensitive and your body's like a canary in a coal mine. Your body knows that this isn't good for me. You don't want to be around that stuff. And, and don't worry if it was painted that way, you know, it, the, you, it'll air out over time. But if you're repainting, make sure. And this actually goes a long way. Fluorescent lights. A lot of you move into places or ha in your home have fluorescent lights everywhere in the living room, in your room, in the bathroom. There's a big change and shift that happens to your health when you actually put a little bit more energy into the vibe of the lighting in your home. It goes really, really long. And I just had a discussion with my friend, Dr. Casey Means, and she was telling me how fluorescent lights really set off this response in our body that causes inflammation because our cells are being exposed to an environment that it's not used to. And we didn't evolve with fluorescent lights. So I, I really want you to think about putting in more warming hues, putting in more quality warming hues. And I'll come back to you with companies. But right now, just think about where your fluorescent lights are. If it's in your bedroom, definitely put in warming hues. If it's in your bathroom, especially if you're using the bathroom at night, brushing your teeth and you're turning on the lights and they're just glowing, that's 100% affecting your melatonin. And it all comes down to having a good night's sleep. You want your resiliency to be strong, okay? And if you have a pet, I've done a show with Rodney Habib. I want you to listen if you have a pet because he did a fantastic episode talking about if you have a pet, the things you need to look for for the pet's longevity. And really what I derive from that show is the food, right? The food quality. And, and I, I didn't talk about food on this show because we know so much about it, but we have to think about the food is one thing that 
adds to the dog's longevity, and outside exposure to pesticides. So we, I know we talked about in the home, but let's talk about around the home for a second. If you're using pesticides in the home, your dog, your child are bringing in those pesticides into the house. I swear to God, there is a study out there that says, and this is wild because I brought it up with Rodney Habib, that a pet exposed to pesticides, bringing them to your home increases your risk of cancer. People got mad. People were like, no, don't come after my dog. I'm not. But I want you to know that it's very important as you take off your shoes, you want to make sure you clean your pet's paws. You want to make sure. Get your dog or your or your cat if you're outside, if your cat's running around outside. Make sure you're using really nice, gentle, organic cleaners for your pet's paws that are not going to be caustic to the pet, but is going to take out all that dirt and all the gunk that they're walking in barefoot and bringing into the home, especially your child too. And bring awareness if you or your neighbors, or even worse, if you live in a complex and the housing authority uses Roundup pesticides in the home, it's a big problem. You want to make sure if, if you do, do live in a housing authority, listen to the second show I've done with James and Dahlia Marin. They talk about the things you need to do to talk to your housing authority. So a few things, again, don't get overwhelmed. Do this a little bit at a time. Do it a little bit at a time. What you can afford is what you can afford. You are empowered. Making these changes, just one change makes a big difference. Imagine two or three. I hope that helped. Take a breath. Good. Now we feel good. We're going to get to our special guest. Open your hearts. Listen, if, if you got your husband in the other room, say, hubby, come here, sit next to me. We're going to listen to this special podcast. If you got your pops in the other room, right? Say, hey, pops, let's have some bonding time together. Let's listen to this together. It's been a long time since I promoted a coffee because there's not that many good coffee brands. We got one of the best ones now on Heal Thyself. Are you ready to elevate your coffee game? And experience to prove it's not only delicious, but it's also health focused. Let me introduce you to Purity Coffee. You heard me review them in one of my first ever coffee reviews as one of the best. And then my second ever one as one of the best. And it's one of the best still. It's an ultimate choice for coffee lovers who, who prioritize taste as well as well-being. I'm going to tell you what makes Purity Coffee stand out from the crowd. Every step in that process is rooted in health focused principles backed by solid scientific research-based rigorous testing. They use the finest specialty-grade organic Arabica beans and then move on to small batch roasting, ensuring that each cup meets the highest standards of quality. But what really sets Purity Coffee apart from all the other coffee brands is their dedication, is my favorite, is their dedication to purity and safety. Their beans undergo third-party testing to ensure they're free of pesticides, toxins, and harmful mycotoxins, those pesky substances that can wreak havoc on your health, causing issues like liver and kidney damage, digestive problems, brain fog, and fatigue. Purity Coffee also has some of the highest antioxidant capacity. And this is important because we have to understand coffee is actually really good for us when we're getting quality coffee. And the reason it's good for us and ensures so many benefits, especially heart health, is because of its antioxidant capacity. Purity has one of the highest antioxidants that you're going to find in coffee, giving you a powerful dose of healthy boosting compounds with every sip. Purity Coffee is grown on regenerative organic farms that prioritize soil health, animal welfare, and community well-being. They have certifications by USDA Organic, Rainforest Alliance, and Smithsonian Bird Friendly. You can also trust Purity Coffee is not only good for you, but also good for the planet. They have a range of roasts from their light medium roast with sweet fruity notes and their dark roast with rich, bold taste. 
So to try out one of my favorite coffees in existence and one that I recommend to everyone still to this day, I've been doing it for years, is Purity Coffee. Go to puritycoffee.com and use the code DRG for 30% off of your first purchase. That is P-U-R-I-T-Y-C-O-F-F-E-E.com and use the code DRG for 30% off of your order. You know, living a long life is great. It is. We all want to live longer. But what's even better is living those years in good health, right? Free of the chronic diseases and the ailments. Unfortunately for many, the gap between lifespan and health span is way too wide. And we spent our last years ill, not enjoying our life to the fullest. And that's why I'm always into research-based products, quality supplements that are coming out to you, the highest, the best of the best, some of the best rigorously tested supplements. And one of my favorite companies across the board is Momentus. And they have two that I use every single day, creatine and collagen. These are the two powerhouses at work. I've been open. That I've been working out more four times a week. I'm lifting heavy weights, and these are staples. And I, and not just me. I think everyone should be out working out, building muscle. Staples to muscle repair and muscle growth. But what sets Momentus apart from the rest is its clinically researched formulas. For the collagen, it delivers 15 grams of collagen, supporting your body in various ways. And it's not just one type of collagen, it's all the types of collagen, right? A lot of companies just have one type of collagen. You want all the types of your body's absorbing and utilizing this collagen the way you desire the body to use it. But boy, oh boy, the gold standard for working out, if you're not on this, you don't even have to be working out. You can use it for your brain. It's creatine. Momentous creatine is fantastic. There's no fillers, no additive, pure, effective ingredients you can trust. Trust is everything when it comes to supplements. Momentous third-party test. There's no surprises. What you see on the package is what you get. So if you're like me, you want to feel your body with the best of the best, go to livemomentous.com and use the code DRG for 15% off of creatine and collagen and all their top-notch products. That is L-I-V-E-M-O-M-E-N-T-O-U-S.com with the code DRG for your discount. All right, everyone, everyone, look, look, look. How many times am I talking about trauma, emotions, repression, embodiment, authenticity? Well, guess what? This is an episode. Look, if you have a man in your life that you love, if you are a man, if you got a dad, if you got a brother, if you got a husband, if you got a best friend, this episode is for the wounds that us men are dealing with. And if you don't think you've been handling your life with these wounds and just navigating without knowing, I guarantee you do. So many of us men are holding so much in and so scared to express our full power. Well, guess what? I got the trauma-informed men's coach, the, you heard me, I said the, T-H-E, the coach, Elise Michaels, man. And when when I check her Instagram, the first time I saw it, I go, oh my God, I personally need this. And now I'm sending her posts to men that I know because they're so powerful, so concise. And it's like, she got that little microphone she's talking into, man. It's the best of the best. Thank you for coming on the show, Elise, all the way from Croatia. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm so grateful to be here. Uh, it's I'm grateful to have you, particularly because uh, the the work that I've been doing, I've been dealing with a lot of men, and holy moly, do we? I mean, I thought women were carrying a lot. It, it, once you break it open with men, it is like. 10 times more depth of painful emotion. But I'm going to start off with this question. Why do men cheat? (laughs) Throw it down right away. Obviously, there is no singular answer for why anybody chooses to step out in their integrity to betray someone in their relationship. And I think that going into that question, we dive a little bit deeper, right? Everybody wants to know, why did someone betray me? Why did someone cheat on me? Because they're looking for a way to fix it or solve it. Because what we tend to do is self-blame. And 
what we have to understand about cheating is there's different types of people who cheat and they do it for different types of reasons. So there's no one singular reason, but just skipping through all of the common reasons that we know, like immaturity, uh, narcissism, emotional unavailability. There are some people who don't know how to address their needs, wants, and desires in a relationship. There are some people who feel trapped in a relationship. They don't know how to escape. And so they will subconsciously use cheating as an exit. And it really just depends on the person and the dynamic of the relationship that they're in. And, you know, sometimes for a long time, even men are trying to heal their relationship and their needs aren't being met. And they use it as they see it as the only form of, of getting, um, or of feeling emotional attention or expression mm. from somebody else. Mm. So, so what I'm hearing is that there's, uh, a outward manifestation of some inward, not knowing how to handle what's happening. Is that what I'm understanding? Like we don't have tools we don't have good tools as men to understand what is happening internally. Why do I feel this way? One, how do I communicate it? And how do I express it? What do I need to feel? And we just sort of resort to something to, for example, like you said, get us out of the relationship when we don't know how to express it. This ain't right for me or our needs. Absolutely. Anybody who steps out of their integrity doesn't have some internal tools to express it or communicate it in a healthy way. So then that begs the bigger question. Why are so many men not having enough tools to express themselves? Well, as a society, do you feel like as a man, you are encouraged to get the tools? Hell no. Do you feel like anybody encourages you to express yourself or talk to someone mm. or go to counseling? Mm. But women are encouraged every day to everyone. They talk to their hairdresser. They talk to their nail person. They talk to everybody who they can talk to. You know, it's... It's so much easier for women to express themselves and to and to get tools, but for men, it's not. Not even from their brothers or their friends or their fathers. A man goes to his father and asks him for advice, and his dad's going to give him one line, and it's going to be something like, that sucks, or suck it up, or this is what I did, and then it kind of moves on. There's no depth. So where are they going to get the tools? Mm -hmm. and, and it's it's so interesting to me because, I mean, there's so many men that I know that it, that's exactly how it resonates, but it, it's sort of a generational thing. It's man, lack of communication, lack of connection with son, uh, lack of being able to allow and embody that expression of emotion, which gives the child permission to do the same. Is this, and I know you, you've been working with a lot of men for a while, is this something, one of the most common wounds that you see from men. Absolutely. From, from every man. It's, even though it's generational, like it's getting better now, it's still, it's still not something where the right tools are being displayed. Okay. We've gone from one pendulum swing to another, where it's like first hide every single emotion that you have. And then the generation now is like express as much emotion as possible, but you're not handling it. You need to also have tools to understand your emotions so that you can control it, right? So there's just such a disconnect between generations, but also between what is actually the proper way. Mm. So in your work, what and for the men listening and for the women who have men in their lives that they love so much, what are some basic tools? I'm talking about like we should have learned this in when we were four or five years old. What are some basic tools that now at 30, 40, 50, we need to start integrating into our lives? 
Number one, I would say learn how to set boundaries for your own personal space, for the things that you want in your life, for the things that you want and need in a relationship. That's one thing. The other thing for men is learn that you don't have to fix people or their problems because a lot of men will take on other people's personal problems as their own and they will ignore their own self-care in order to try to fix everything for everybody. So they create a lot of codependent relationships. Hmm. So that would be number two. And then understanding how to just communicate, right? How to have healthy conflict resolution. How do I talk to my partner and state my needs without it becoming a fight? And if you can just do that, your life becomes so much easier because then you don't hold things inside. You're not afraid to talk about what you need or want. It's just a regular conversation on a regular day and you work through things together. Yeah. And you're empowered and encouraged to have those conversations. And and I think it, it says a lot for also the partner to be able to provide that safety. You know, we talk so much about you know, the feminine, I need to feel safe in this relationship, right? But the men also need to have that safety to say, hey, hey, man, you're you're safe to express anything that you want. You talk to me and you say what you need to say, and I'm here to hold you because I love you, right? Wow. Imagine a man just to hear that from their partner. And they say, okay, well, um, uh, actually, I really don't like that dishwasher color. And I it, it irks me every time I see it. And it really bothers me. And I wish it was blue, you know, uh, just to be able to express those things. Wow, what a way to have that cathartic, like, oh God, finally I got that off my chest. So there's a lot of uh, manifestations of different types of men. You know, there's a lot of women who, who had talked to me and say, hey, my husband, he just, he won't grow up. He just like, he's just like still a kid. He doesn't take things seriously and and really won't like embody that healthy masculine. Do you often see that like, like a, a, a man, a boy in a man's body? With my clients, obviously, no, because mm -hmm. the clients who are coming to me are embodying, right, you know, the self-growth. So they're, they're a little bit opposite, right? Like their partners are the ones who don't want to do the work. But just along the lines of what you had asked, what are some actionable things that we can do or how can we look inward, right? That's always what I teach my clients. No matter what problems they're having in career or relationships, like my wife won't do this or, you know, it sucks here. I always bring it back to, okay, what part of us was attracted to this? What part of us really called this into our existence so we could we could learn from it? Because we are attracted to some dynamic of that, either from childhood, from our previous experiences. So if you're having a lot of uh, females come to you and say, I'm, I'm married to a man-child, how can I get him to do X? Yeah. Well, just the question, how can I get him to do X, is a motherly question. So you have to step out of a mother role if you want your husband to stop being a child. Whoa, that's really powerful. Is that because not a yes. fair question? Yeah, it's a fair question. And, and, and it's exactly what you said, right? The dynamic is there, right? Maybe the, the, the man wants to be mothered and the, the woman finds her expression of her love, whether it's healthy or not healthy, as being the mother role. So you see those dynamics. It, it takes two to tango, right? It's not just like, mm -hmm. hey, this is the problem. So then that brings the other side. What about the man who's emotionally unavailable? Like their heart is completely closed up. You know, the, 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 the I have a lot of women say, hey, listen, I just want to connect with my husband and I want my daughter to connect with my husband. What happens when our heart as men is just so blocked up, so under six feet of dirt, and we only again, say the one word answer is like, okay, honey, that's, that, that's terrible, right? Well, anybody who is emotionally unavailable doesn't feel safe enough to be emotionally available. 
So as you said earlier, you know, the safety for men in relationships is completely lacking because what a lot of men experience is it being used against them later on in relationships because for some reason the feminine doesn't feel safe when the man expresses something. And I attribute this to because men don't have the tools, usually when he expresses his emotions, it comes out in an unhealthy way, mm-hmm. either overtly emotional, like um, complete over the top sobbing or crying or aggression because the balance isn't there. And then it's kind of like placing it on her to then be the mother or the therapist or whatever it is. And then she doesn't feel like safe. So then she reacts in a way that says, I'm going to use this against you. And this whole dynamic of just complete perpetual unsafety. I can see that, right? It's, um, and I've experienced that, right? It's, it's a, whoa, okay. I don't have the tools. Therefore, there's an emotional explosion, but also uh, the woman can't hold it because of her own experiences, most likely with her dad, not being able to hold his emotion. So, you know, theoretically and conceptually, we w- a woman would want, I want you to be more emotional. I want you to be more expressive. Then the man doesn't have the tool. So then when he steps into it, as soon as he goes, okay, here's the time. I'm finally going to be vulnerable. I'm finally going to do it. Steps in there and they go, whoa, no, no, no. Hey, hey, don't do that. You're being crazy right now. This is too much, right? And this is the cycle that I I think, and, and viewers, listeners, if this resonates with you, I find this to be one of the more common cycles is that, is that's a dynamic where the man wants to express, gives permission to express too much expression. You can't do it again. And then just when it comes out from the dirt, six feet, it goes right back in. It goes nine feet this time. You ain't getting it for another year or two, you know, and, um, yes, common dynamic, right? When you said when a man is so emotionally unavailable and it's very deep and it's because of this dynamic where he finally has expressed it at some point, maybe not even to the woman he's, you know, you're is struggling with it right now, but he has sensed it is unsafe for me to express myself. People see it as weak. People are going to use it against me. I can't do it. But the whole thing about that is you, just like we asked the question before um, about it being a mothering question. If you say, I just want him to feel more, but then you reject him when he expresses, you're actually emotionally unavailable because you can't hold space for his emotions. So you're emotionally unavailable to hold space. You're emotionally unavailable for a healthy love. And we don't think about that sometimes because we're like, oh, I'm so emotionally available. I'm expressing my emotions all the time. I'm expressing my love all the time, but you can't hold it. You can't receive it. So you're actually also emotionally unavailable trying to get somebody else to come out when you can't even be that space. So every time we feel that lack, we have to turn it around and self-reflect. Yeah, I I agree. And this is this is the way I define unconditional love is that is you're able to hold yourself emotionally so you can hold another, right? And and for me, anything less is conditional. So if you're in a relationship and you know, you say, Hey, I want you to just let it out. I want you to be, oh my God, this is too much. Hell no, this is too much for me. But essentially that's just a reflection of you not being able to hold your own version of that to that intensity. So really it, it it kind of starts with us as always, right? Like our self-work, us, can we hold ourselves so we can better show up for our partners? So how about the man? How about the man that is on the other side of the spectrum? Because I know we're jumping around, but this is very important. How about the man who is, is it, is it, is it even a thing or, or bad to be hypersensitive too much? Like, oh, so much emotion, always, every second. My boyfriend, my husband is so emotional. Is there an imbalance there? And if so, what, what's happening? There absolutely is an imbalance there. Anybody who is too overtly emotional 
Um, you know, any anything that's out of balance is out of balance. And what people are afraid of, so this is also the dynamic we're seeing, right, is men are also afraid to be emotional. And this is something they say to me all the time is, I don't want to become too emotional, right? They're afraid that the second that they let it out, it's never going to stop. They're never going to stop crying. And then they're going to become like this totally different person who can't handle and control their emotions. But we are seeing a shift where people are the pendulum swing going from holding it all in to not controlling it at all and just using their emotion as fact for reality. Mm. And emotions are guides. They're not facts. They're not reality. And when a man isn't leaning into his masculine, he's just all going into the feminine. He partners with women who are in their masculine or he pushes the women around them to be in their masculine because universal law needs polarity. So if he's always in his feminine, there needs to be a masculine energy as a partner. And a feminine woman who turns into a masculine is going to be really upset by that. Mm, and and how often we see that, right? The woman who has to step out of her own role, whatever her healthy balance is, to be into that masculine, to be the person, okay, you know, he's not going to plan it. He's not going to initiate it. He's not going to assert himself. He's not going to be the one to lead with this ah, oh, shit, I have to do this again? Okay, I guess this is our dynamic, but I love him. This is our dynamic. So I I, I totally see, and, and this is the imbalance so much, right? Because in any way, it could also be like, is it possible for the man to be hypermasculine and the woman to just be too much in her feminine? Or is is that just an unhealthy balance overall? Or is there a balance where, what does it look like a healthy balance? That's what I'm trying to get to. Right. Well, everybody has masculine and feminine within them. It's the yin and the yang, right? And the balance is learning how we tap into them on a daily basis. Like I'll just use myself, for example. It's the only thing I can use. Um, I own my own business. I'm very entrepreneurial. I'm by myself. So I do everything by myself. So a lot of the time I am in my masculine. And when you're in like, but the balance comes is I need to be able to tap into my feminine at times. Like if I go on a date with someone, I need to be able to relax and receive. I can't be like, okay, I'm the boss. Like I'm going to control this and do this. If I want that balance, right? Some people, some women are naturally more in their masculine and they don't really want to tap into their feminine. They want to be in that. So they have to find a feminine male or feminine female, whatever they want. But sometimes we have to learn, we, you have to learn how to balance it within yourself because at different times, also when you're in partnership, like if somebody gets sick, like a different person's going to have to take on a different role. So it's not always a hundred percent. Someone's in their masculine, someone's in their feminine. It's learning how to balance the two within yourself. So, th- so this is what I'm getting to. Then I- is the is it possible then for a woman to naturally, in her healthy balance, be much more masculine and then attract a healthy, much more feminine partner, or is that an unhealthy balance and th- there needs to be better balance? No, as long as there's polarity, it can be a healthy balance. And even in the book, The Way of the Superior Man, he says that it doesn't necessarily matter if the man or woman has whatever energy, as long as they're balanced, right? There Ah. are some women who love being providers, caretakers, they make a lot of money and the man stays at home. And not necessarily that those roles are what dictate masculine versus feminine. um, But, you know, you can tell that there's a different masculine versus feminine energy and it works out really well for them. And as long as you're happy and healthy and you know, not destructive to society, who, who cares? Right. right, right. But naturally, if you're born male or female, you're going to have a strong pull towards, towards the one that you're born with. Yeah. And, and I want to clear up masculine feminine energy because, you know, I got to tell you, uh, I, I put up this post once saying masculine and feminine, and I had a massive influx of people saying like, 
this is so like insensitive in today's climate. I said, what the fuck is happening right now? I'm just talking about really polar energies. Um, how how do you, for people who don't know even what it is, I know we're talking about it already, how do you just, just describe it simply for people? Uh, I mean, you could just say it's just the energetic balance within yourself. If you don't want to mm -hmm. put any labels on it, if you don't want to do any associations, just say right. it's an energetic balance within yourself. And we all have a balance of energy within ourselves. Okay. And those yeah, it's, it's the yin and yang within you, right? Right. And, and, and essentially you could just kind of like say doing, right? Like one is doing go, right? Like, pe like penetrative One is force. doing, one is receiving. One is receiving, right? Yeah. Feminine is, is receptive. Masculine is um, like productive going. So it, you have to have a balance of doing and receiving, doing and receiving. So, so this brings me to this then. So a man who is in his masculine more often, which one do you see more of? A man who's too much in his masculine, zero feminine, or too much in his feminine, zero masculine? Which one, which one is more common? My clients are yeah. overtly in their masculine. So okay. it's like a wounded masculine. Um, but I think a lot of society sees a lot of wounded, uh, wounded masculine, not even necessarily with the feminine energy, just like a wounded masculine, mm -hmm. right? So kind of like we've all kind of gone a little bit selfish, like we demand a lot, but we're not really willing to give a lot. So it's just very interesting, the dynamic to see. Okay. Because so a lot of men I see are asking for a feminine woman, but they don't want to be the masculine role. Right. Okay. So, but, but at least in my experience, what I see is most men disconnected from their heart. Most men not being able to receive, most men not able to open up because I see a lot of women, a lot of women, I mean, 95% of the time I say, was your dad emotionally available? Was he able to sit down and go, honey, what happened? Let's talk. Oh my God. And you know, I feel you on that here. Let's, let's go, let's move through this. That's not very common. How do we have a man who's so disconnected from our, his heart because he was taught generationally that this is a man, which is, is obviously pathological because of the way that men are showing up in today's world. How do we get men to come back to their heart? What are some things that we can do to have them cultivate a very healthy feminine without them worrying about, oh my God, am I going to cry all the time? What's going on? I want to be a man still. Well, I mean, from an outside perspective, if there's more men who are actually willing to open up and be vulnerable and be mentors, right? To kind of be the, the leader that says it's okay to do this. And I'm not going to be overtly feminine or overly emotional just because I express it like that, that makes a gateway for it. Um, for women to be more open to their men expressing, but also, you know, you can't force anybody to do something they don't want to do. Mm -hmm. But if a man himself feels blocked off and he wants to, you know, kind of tap into that, um, I would say, remember, like the uh, ability to be vulnerable opens your heart to deep connection and love. And if you want to experience love from a partner and you're kind of locking yourself up because you're afraid that someone's going to take advantage of you. Like you'll never be able to experience it. Like you need to kind of go first yeah. and be a little bit more open. Yeah. That going first is very scary for a lot of men because it, my take is that most men have that vulnerability. You know, we're, I mean, we're obviously born with it, right? We're open, we're crying. We, we, we're very emotional when we're kids. 
you know, as we get older and that ego starts coming online and society starts teaching us about this and this and this and what it means to be a man and we're told, don't cry or you're a big boy now, all these things happen, right? Um, and I think that a big wound for men is their first heartbreak, right? When they're kind of in their first love and they're in that puppy love and their heart is fully open and they're like, oh, I'm gonna be loving and romantic because this is, this is it. And then the, the heart breaks. Oftentimes we see those men never wanting to get their heart broken again and manifesting the same experience in relationship where they can't, they can't allow themselves to be vulnerable. The woman is looking for vulnerability and it's just over and over the repetitive cycle of breaking up because I can't open my heart. Because what I find and what I find for many people is women just wants a man to be, hey, listen, like, here's my heart. Like, I'm, I'll stand up, I'll protect, I'll lead, but man, here's my heart. Look at this. Oh my God, how beautiful that is. Do you find that to be a common tale in relationships. Absolutely. And, and even going beyond that, right. The first heartbreak is the connection that they have with mom, right. Just like women, the connection that they have with dad, if your parent wasn't emotionally available. And like you said, there's a common pattern for daughters who don't have emotionally available fathers. Well, if there's a pattern of emotionally unavailable fathers, sons are sons of fathers too, right? So if the father is emotionally unavailable in a family where there's a son, the mom is usually having to go into her safety mode of being in the masculine. So the mother is not exhibiting a strong fe uh, female role model for him either. So he doesn't know how to receive feminine love or open up to a healthy feminine love because maybe he doesn't know what that looks like. Mm. So, so, many so it's men. this perpetual cycle of yeah. emotionally unavailable men partnering with women who continue to perpetuate emotional unavailability, who have sons who don't know what healthy love looks like, and daughters who have daddy issues. And then we partner with each other and then we blame each other for it. And we go, oh, your daddy issues, even though you're a man and men create the daddy issues, right? Like we're all perpetuating it ourselves. So we need to take our own accountability right. to kind of solve these things for the next generation. Now let's chat about something crucial that is omega-3s. You know, I'm all about keeping clean and pure when it comes to products as well as food on my plate. But when it comes to supplements, right? We have to make sure we have the best of the best, but especially when it comes to omega-3s. And, and I really mean it. Omega-3s are some of the most adulterated supplements that exist out there. And a lot of companies aren't doing it right. We need omega-3s for our heart, for our brain, for our eye health. You might not be getting enough nutritionally. When it comes to Peori, it's a quality brand, not only just with omegas across their whole line. They're extremely transparent. Every batch undergoes rigorous testing against over 200 contaminants, and you could check the results for yourself. And that's one of my favorite things. You can scan the QR code and look at the batch that is right in front of you that is on your shelf or on your counter, and you can see the results for this quality testing. Pure's O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil delivers a potent dose of EPA and DHA without any unnecessary extras. Now, Pure is offering 20% off of their O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil, the one that I take every single morning, and all their fantastic products to you, the Heal Thyself listener. That's 20% off even the already discounted subscription price. I want you to go to Pure.com. Use my promo code DRG. That's P-U-O-R-I dot com slash DRG to take care of your health with some of the best omegas out there by Pure. These days... These days, it seems like everyone is carrying on a beverage, whether it's soda or flavored water, or kombucha, or coffee or tea. But not all beverages are created equal when it comes to quality and health benefits. That is why I become obsessed with Peaks Sun Goddess Matcha. I've been using this for, it's one of the first supplements I really invested in. It's four years ago, probably. And it's not just any old matcha powder. 
We're talking organic ceremonial grade matcha tea that has been meticulously screened for pesticides, heavy metals, mold, and even radioactive isotopes. Peak takes no shortcuts. Their matcha is cultivated by ninth degree tea masters in Kagoshima, Japan, using century old traditions. Their plants are shaded for 35% longer than usual to maximize the production of vital compounds like L-theanine for calm, steady energy and chlorophyll for its detoxifying anti-aging properties. I start every morning with a frothy cup of sun goddess matcha, not just for energizing my body, you know, we all want to get that caffeine kick, yeah, okay, but for the amazing gut health, metabolism boosting, and antioxidant benefits. The phytonutrients nurture my digestive system, the EGCG compounds help my body burn calories efficiently, and the chlorophyll gives my skin the awesome reading. You see I'm glowing right now, right? That's because of the matcha. There's perfectly proportioned packets that are easy to mix with water whenever I need to pick me up, so easy to make a consistent self-care ritual. Peak is offering you, the Heal Thyself listener, 15% off of their sun goddess matcha plus a free beaker and a rechargeable frother when you go to peaklife.com drg they're so confident that you're going to love it there's even a 30-day money-back guarantee no code at checkout just go to p-i-q-u-e-l-i-f-e.com slash drg you're going to get 15 percent off plus all those freebies right right exactly breaking that generational trauma right this is and and i, I actually feel that we're there there's too much awareness now i mean like Mm-hmm. when I was growing up, there wasn't social media like this. And now there is. And now I can go on your page and hear things that, you know, it'd be beautiful to hear if I was 19 or 20 or 21, you know, it's never too late, but still it's, um, we have so much accessibility. There's books now people are talking about that. You just mentioned where the superior man, like these are things that people have access to now to bring awareness to concepts that our parents didn't know about. And certainly their parents didn't know about. So we're at this like very special place to break this, take that self accountability, you know, embody a new self. You know, I was, I, I said to myself, I don't want to bring kids into this world until I get right with myself, right? I got to get right with that balance of my masculine and feminine. I got to get right with my vulnerability, you know, and it took maybe five, six years to get to that place. And I feel like I'm there, but it takes that self-accountability. Ain't nobody going to do it for you, right? It's, it's the embodiment. And, and you mentioned, what are some things that we can do right now as men to start opening up that heart and telling our daughters that we love them? our sons that we love them, our partner that we love them. What are some things we need to start doing, right? Easy, easy thing we can start doing today, all the fellas out there. So like you said, it's it's all about self. And when we are trying to express that love to other people, it's not about what we say, it's about what we do. They're always watching us. How do we love ourselves? How are we loving our partner? How are we loving our daughter? So the only way that you really know how to love someone else, like they say, you have to love yourself before you love other people. It's the action of love. It's the verb of love. Mm. So how are you paying attention to yourself every day? The first thing I always assign to all my male clients is the first 10 to 15 minutes of your day before you answer text messages, before you take on all the world's responsibilities, before you answer work emails, all that crap. Just take that time for yourself to enjoy your coffee, to go for a walk without music, to regulate your own nervous system because you are demonstrating how to receive, you're demonstrating how to regulate your emotions, you're showing how to carve time out for yourself every day. Like these are all things that you are showing to the people around you. Like this is what love, self-love looks like. This is what self-care looks like. So it's not just about your saying, I love you. You're showing it to yourself and then you're able to show up for other people like, hey, this is what I did for myself today. You should do this for yourself today. So embodiment, 
That's what I'm hearing. It's not about talking. We're to, listen, right. this is, we're, 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 we're in two, 2023. I'm tired of the talking. I'm tired of the talking. I'm tired of saying the things that we're going to do. Everybody's tired of the talking. I'm tired of the talking. I can't, I, can't, I can't even listen to myself talk anymore. I just, I'm talking about embodiment. Now we're going to do this stuff, right? So you said, very easy, 15-minute ritual, right? Like what nourishes you in the morning? to get your day started, you know, and your nervous system's balance, you feel good in your body. And then you can't not want to share that. I feel good in my body with other people. And that's giving, giving that expression of love, self-love to another. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, women who listen to the show and all these women have dads. And um, I guess, I guess a question that is, is rising right now is, what are the implications of a father who was never able to connect with his daughter, was never able to connect his heart with his daughter? What happens to the daughter? And I know you work with men, but what does a daughter seek in a relationship from a man? The pattern that I see from women who have kind of emotionally unavailable fathers, or maybe he wasn't present, is hyper-independence, right? Those are usually the women who do everything for themselves, they don't need no man, you know, they're working hard, they feel good, but they're, they're usually, you know, it, so hyper-focused on being independent that they cannot receive. The feminine energy is, is lacking and they tend to get with men who they feel like can be a substitute for that father. Obviously nobody thinks, oh, I want to marry my dad or whatever like that. It's a subconscious desire to uh, mend that wound. Mm -hmm. right? To receive love from the masculine. So usually she's attracted to emotionally unavailable men. And if I can just do this, I can fix this. But no matter how successful you are, no matter how much you do, you can't earn love from your father if he doesn't have the heart to be emotionally available to you. And it, the same law applies to your romantic relationships. And she tries to control and twist and take all the responsibility and, and make up for it. And if I just do this, and if I'm just not annoying and trying, trying, trying to chase this man. She becomes the masculine, right? She tries to chase him and chase him and chase him. But when you chase a dog, what does it do? It runs away. Yeah. So she, her lesson has to be stepping back into the feminine, asking myself, how much longer do I want to be emotionally unavailable for a healthy love? Mm. Because in the feminine, all you need to do is relax and love is easy and love is kind and you deserve to be taken care of. Not just like, oh, everything has to be done for you and financially and everything like that, but like you deserve to receive love. You don't have to be so hyper-independent. You don't have to be this person who can't accept a helping hand. And the best way to love a man is to accept his helping hand because he gets so much fulfillment right. and accomplishment from doing for you. That's what we have, have lost sight of and lost touch with. Men love providing. They love helping you out. And women are like, I don't need you to open the door for me. I don't need you to do this for me because we think it's an act of this independence and this freedom. And if you do this one thing for me, my freedom's gonna be lost. And it just, re men feel rejected and emasculated by that. And they're running away from women and they're searching for women who are able to receive. And that's the funniest thing is like, men want to be able to do things for you and you won't let them. And then you're like, where's my man? Ooh, that one Sorry, hit. I just went on this tangent. No, that's but... a great tangent. And this one hit, and this one hit because 
I know you work with men, but you hit it right on the head when it comes to that dynamic with women. And so important and we lose sight of, it's funny, the hyper-independent women goes, well, I don't need no man. And literally that's the reality that they're creating. That she gets. Then you don't need no man, right? Then then here, you're not going to get no man, right? But it, it, something that really resonated is that is what the man wants. We want to feel that we're doing good. We want to feel that we're providing. We want to feel that we're needed. What an amazing text message a man can get from a woman saying, hey, babe, I love you and I see everything that you're doing. I see how hard you work. I see how you provide for the family. I see how you connect with your daughter, with your son. That's all. That is a, that is a million and a half bucks worth of text message right there. So everybody listening, if you got a man and, 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 and you love this person, you really want to communicate, send him a text or look at them in the eyes and tell them today. That's going to open up the man's heart like you've never seen. If not for that day, for that week, if not for that week, for that next month, onwards and onwards. What a beautiful thing. I love that you said that. I'm inspired. I love that. And I love that you said that. And even even just adding more to that, like, I, I'm proud of you. I appreciate you. Thank you for all you're doing. You know, sometimes we get so caught up in our relationships that we forget to appreciate the little things. And I'm going to go on another little tangent here when it comes to like the splitting of household things. And there's this whole, you know, argument about men asking for appreciation when they do the dishes and that should be something that they just do anyway. Okay, yes, but... Since when was it a crime to appreciate your partner for the little things? Mm -hmm. And it might be a thing that you don't feel appreciated for the little things you do, but an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. And we shift the dynamic by turning into a giving and loving person, not by continuing to take away love. Oh, I'm going to take it away because I want to punish you. I'm going to take it away so you hurt how I hurt. I'm going to take it away um, so that you can feel just as lonely as I feel in this relationship. Since when did that become the solution? Since when did that become the answer? You're not going to get, like, don't punish what you want more of. If he does the dishes and you're like, oh, well, you could have done the, the mopping too. Well, now you're punishing what you're asking for. And they're not going to do that anymore. Just like, just like a man who feels insecure about his wife being good looking and she wears a hot dress and he's like, well, what are you wearing that for? Mm -hmm. Well, then she starts to become frumpy because he's punished what, you know, he wanted. Right, right, right. And, and, and it's closing her energy in that way. Right. It's, it's, isn't that the irony is like what we truly deeply want we, we end up punishing because we want more or it's or it's not enough, right? When in reality, if we see something for what it is, right? The experience for what it is without your ego coming in and you can speak from your heart, like you said, since when was that the answer? You know, speaking from love is the answer, right? That's the answer. Being able to be like, hey, I love you, man. You did the dishes. I appreciate you. You know, like <laughs> I just, the time you took just to do the dishes and something so small, ladies out there, I promise you, go such a long way for a man. Again, all I heard, I heard this somewhere. The masculine just wants to be respected and celebrated. Like, oh, I see you. I see you. I see everything you're doing. Right. The woman wants to feel safe and loved. The man just wants to be respected. Like, oh man, that's that's true respect, man. I, she sees me as a as a stand standing tall, like a king, right? And and also celebrated and loved, right? Like it's these are things that are not that hard when you open up your heart and put that into practice. And Dr. G, I'm gonna wrap this all the way back around to the first question you asked me, why do men cheat? And often, why does it seem like men cheat with someone who is 
way less, right? Because there's this whole thing like, oh, he doesn't, he doesn't cheat with better, he cheats with easier. Exactly. Someone who is soft with him, someone who appreciates him, someone who respects him. They, may, they might not be a better woman, but to him, they're everything because if they don't, they get so little from society. And it's exactly like what you said. They, they are so love hungry for appreciation and respect and that softness and that, you know, just that desire that that is who they choose. Whoever sees them as soft, whoever appreciates them, like that is, that is truly what it comes down to at different points in time. And we're not condoning cheating, like you said, right? Um, that's not a thing that we're doing, but we're taking a different angle at it. Right. Right. The, the desire, no one has a desire to betray because it goes against our innate being like, just like murdering someone. Like we all, we don't need someone to tell us that's wrong. We know internally it's wrong to take away someone's life. Right. We know it's wrong to like betray someone. It hurts us. Mm -hmm. So there's gotta be a big enough reason within our hearts that we are feeling in the negative that we feel like that that payoff is worth it. And that's um, that's usually what I've seen. Listen, you took it full circle so seamlessly. And I appreciate that, man, because it's like, what I feel like I just went on a journey. I went on a masculine, feminine, healing man journey in, I don't know, 45 minutes, 50 minutes. And I really got to thank you for this time. You know, I, I there's a lot more to be said, but I know you're in Croatia time. You got to you know, start winding down. It's nighttime by you. But but next time, next time, the next interview we do, I want you right here next to me. And I want to go deep. I want to talk about all the stuff, the nitty gritty. We're going, we went level one, we're going level two, three, all the way down to six. Are you cool with that? I, I would love that. I Maybe we can that. bring some people in and ask them face to face. Why did you cheat? Right. Ooh, we're, we're Be like gonna the Jerry show. Talk show style. I was about to say we're doing talk show style now. <laughs> ready, dude. Let's get the drama. Now, let's let's do get it. that drama going. Okay, so so how do people find you? You can find me on any social media platform uh, at Elise Michaels. Um, have a website, elisemichaels.com. Anybody can get a free uh, masterclass download for men who are struggling. They don't know where to go. They want a men's community. Your listeners are mostly women. My listeners are mostly men. So we we can combine forces there. Combined Any forces. woman who wants to understand men, yeah, happy to happy to have you over there. And, and what's your Instagram that I follow all the time and what and click on every everything and I like it and comment all the time. Where is it? Uh, at Elise Michaels, E L I S E M I C H E A L S underscore. Listen. And no, I do not DM for readings. Yes. <laughs> if, if you do get a DM from her for readings, it's a fake account. Do not give them $25 like I did last month. Yeah. But, but for real, for real, <laughs> go, go follow the page. I'm telling you because... Again, if you have a man in your life that you love, or there's any anyone, send it to just even a man you don't love who needs this. I'm telling you, there's so much healing on this page. There's really easy bite-sized stuff, peaking the quiet. I go, wait a minute, that is me. Ooh, this one's me. Let me listen, let me listen. Taking notes, easy stuff. Thank you so much for providing all of the content that you do to the world. Um, what you're doing for this population of people is the most important work, I say, because men are struggling. We know it. We know it. We see it. Men are in pain. We know it. We see it. We're dealing with generational stuff. We're dealing with our own shit. Society ain't celebrating us. It's not even allowing us to be us. So my God, the healing that you're doing for us men is unprecedented. And I thank you. And what an honor to have you just on this show right now talking about all that we did. Thank you so much. It was an honor to be here. 